Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Since this coronavirus first got started, my heart has been upon Matthew chapter 24. I referenced it the other day uh, in my message when I said that uh, in 2006, I actually preached a message titled, Signs of the End. And we went to Matthew 24, where Jesus was uh, speaking with the disciples about the end of time and, and how that things were gonna begin to unfold. And, but ever since this coronavirus started, my heart has been drawn back to that chapter. And so today, I wanna go back once again to Matthew 24, but I wanna look at this a little differently this time, and I want to extract some Uh, some truths that I believe uh, you and I can apply today as we're facing what I believe to be an end-time event. We have to ask the question, what does the coronavirus mean? And how should we as Christians and as the church respond to it? Now, in Matthew 24, the disciples asked a similar uh, three-pointed question. Number one, they asked him, when will the temple be destroyed? And number two, they asked for a sign of his second coming. And then number three, what is the sign of the end of the age? The disciples, as you read this in Matthew 24, they were concerned about a timeline, when, when, and when. But Jesus was concerned about their response to the end time events and their readiness for his second coming. So how should the church respond to the coronavirus? Perhaps we can find an answer to this pressing question and the story of Matthew 24. Let me talk just for a minute about the conditions and the signs of the times and the end of the age. Now, we find this in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 13. And we call this the days of sorrow, the days that are leading up to the great tribulation. The first condition that Jesus described during the days of sorrow was deception. He said, false Christ will deceive many. The second condition that Jesus described was conflict because he said there will be wars and rumors of wars. And then the third condition that Jesus described was crisis. He said there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And then in verse eight, he said, all of these, the deception, the conflict, and the crisis, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. I believe you and I are living and the days of sorrow that lead up to the great tribulation. And so it's important that you and I pause for a moment and we ask this question, how do we, the church, respond to the coronavirus? There are three points in here that I wanna give to you today. Three responses that you and I should have as Christians 
as we look at this coronavirus and we know that the world is looking for answers and I believe that many of them are looking to the church for guidance and for direction. But let's look at a Christian's response to the coronavirus. Number one, I believe that you and I should be a peaceful and a stabilizing force. Because in verse six, as he was describing these days of sorrow, Jesus said to the disciples, see that you are not troubled. Now, the word troubled in the Greek, it means to be troubled in mind, frightened, or to cry aloud. Jesus encouraged the disciples to not give in to fear and get hysterical and to get caught up in sensationalism and begin to cry out aloud. He was encouraging them to be a peaceful, stabilizing force for those that were around them. So let's talk about the trouble with the COVID-19 virus. A, remember this, every problem has a beginning and an end. What we're in right now, it had a beginning, and I assure you, the day will come when the coronavirus for you and I in this present crisis will come to an end. Now, I understand this virus is with us now, and it could return, but just remember, as we deal with the trouble of this COVID-19, it has a beginning, and it does have an end. We will get back to normal one day. B. I want to encourage you to find a purpose in this present problem. This is how you deal with trouble. You know it has a beginning, you know it has an end, and then you find a purpose in the problem. You have to know that God wants to take this situation and turn it to our good and use it for a purpose. I believe the purpose in this problem is a great harvest of souls. I believe it's a spiritual awakening in the nation. I believe it's a revival that starts in the church. So find a purpose in the problem. How do you deal with the trouble of this COVID-19? You take a break from the negative news. I watch the news probably as much or more than anyone. I feel the need to stay on top of things, but sometimes I just have to cut it off because the negativity becomes overwhelming and it begins to suffocate me. So learn to take a break from the negative news. D, Stay connected to community. You have to know that you're not alone. That's why social media, live streaming, Zoom, the, uh, the noon prayer every Wednesday from 12 to 1, all of these things are so important because you need to still have that, that connectivity. You still need to feel community. You need to know that you're not alone. We're all going through this together, and together we will overcome. E, take care of yourself. This is how you deal with the trouble of the coronavirus. You take care of yourself physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You've got to take care of yourself during this time. You've got to take care of you so you can take care of others. And then my last point of how you deal with the trouble of this COVID-19 is remain present in the presence of God. Remain present in the presence. 
Psalms chapter 46, verse one. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now see, God is present with me right now in this empty sanctuary. He's present with you in your home. But I have to recognize that. I have to acknowledge that. And I have to become present in his presence. And when I pause for just a moment and I acknowledge that he's with me, suddenly I feel the presence of God washing over me. So this is how you deal with the trouble of the coronavirus. You take these things I just gave to you and you follow them. You have to know this. Let us sound the alarm without becoming alarmist. You see, we're in trouble right now, but the church needs to be that peaceful, stabilizing force in the community. I can lift up my voice in this year of pay, pay being the, uh, on the Hebraic calendar, that's what this year means. It's the year of the mouth of pay for the church to find its voice and to sound the alarm. And during this time, I can sound the alarm as a preacher of the gospel that we're in the days of sorrow and, and people need to turn back to God and get their hearts right. I need to sound the alarm, but I don't need to be an alarmist. I don't need to panic. Jesus said to the disciples in the days of sorrow leading up to the tribulation, he said to them, don't be troubled, don't be frightened, don't start crying aloud as someone that's panicking, but be peaceful and be that stabilizing force during this very challenging time. Sound the alarm, but don't be an alarmist. Our second response to the coronavirus is we have to be an example of strength and faithfulness. We find this again in, in chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 24. We find it in verse 13 as Jesus is talking about the days of sorrow and the end of time. And he said to them, but he who endures to the end will be saved. The word endure there in the Greek means to remain under pressure bravely and calmly, to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. So Jesus was telling the disciples, as you begin to see all these things coming upon the earth, wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and plagues and earthquakes and false Christ and deception, he said, don't be troubled, don't be frightened, don't be an alarmist, and whatever you do, I need you to endure these days. I need you to be calm and patient. I need you to hold fast to your faith in Christ. I need you to be brave and don't panic. So how do we cope with the COVID-19? A, follow your faith and refuse to be controlled by your fear. During this time of all the negative news and all the, the sickness and, and the deaths that we're having to deal with, you and I as Christians have got to follow our faith and not be controlled by our fear. Don't let your fear get a hold of you. Don't be troubled, don't be frightened, but follow your faith and let your faith lead you 
through these dark and difficult times. My faith is in Christ. I still pray Psalms 91. I believe that I'm in the palm of his hand and nothing or no one can pluck me out of it. You have to let your faith rise up and push down the fear. B, I want you to calm your soul through prayer and the word of God and refuse to fuel your anxiety through worry. We're talking about enduring these days that we're in. So you need to calm your soul down. When you start feeling you're getting anxious and upset, you need to calm your your soul down through prayer and the word of God. You need to refuse to give in to anxiety, to give in to fear, to give in to worry. You see, when you begin to worry, worry is fueling your anxiety. Worry is fueling depression. You gotta be careful with that. I have learned this, it's hard, if not impossible, to worry, to worry and to worship at the same time. If you'll just begin to worship him, you'll see that your worry begins to diminish. And then C, talking about enduring, I want you to exercise your faith with wisdom instead of playing the fool. I want you to exercise your faith with wisdom instead of being foolish. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse three reads, the prudent are the sensible, see danger and they take refuge. But the simple are the foolish, keep going and pay the penalty. You've gotta be careful during these days. I'm a man of faith, but when I get in my car, I still wear my seatbelt. Number one, I want to be wise. And number two, I want to obey the law of the land. I'm a man of faith, and yet at night, and yet at nighttime, I lock my doors because I want to be prudent. I want to take refuge. I don't want to be simple, as Proverbs 22 said, or foolish, and just keep going as if nothing could happen, and then you pay the penalty for it. So I want to encourage you during these days, how do you endure? You're you're an example to the community of strength and faithfulness. We're people that are faithful. We're people of faith, and yet we still wash our hands. We still practice social distancing. We're still careful not to get into groups above 10. We try very hard to follow all the guidelines of the CDC. People of faith that are using wisdom, and we're being careful not to be foolish. Also, talking about enduring these days, I want to encourage you to insulate yourself from the virus. You're going to do all the things you should do, but don't isolate yourself from living. Don't do that. We have to still stay connected through social media, through the internet, through next Sunday, Easter Sunday, the drive-in service that we'll hold at Ford Park parking lot. You've got to stay connected as much as you can. You've got to remain a community. Don't lose hope and lose your faith and give up and allow worry and depression to come over you. Insulate yourself from the virus, but don't isolate yourself from living. Find the purpose in this problem 
Ask the question, God, how can you use me right now in the midst of this coronavirus? And let God use you to impact this world. Hard times must be endured rather than escaped. And you have to know you will get through this. It wasn't long ago, just a matter of days, when I thought I'd like to just get in my car and escape the coronavirus of Beaumont, just get away from it for a day or two and just take a break. But where are you going to go? What place has no virus? You can't escape this. You have to endure it, but you have to know you will get through it. How do we respond to the COVID-19? Number three, you need to keep your head up. Keep your head up. Luke chapter 21 and verse 28, again, talking about the days of sorrow leading up to the great tribulation and then the tribulation, the end of all things. Luke 21, 28, Jesus said to the disciples, when you see all these things beginning to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. So let's talk just for a minute about the opportunity with the COVID-19. Now, we've talked about the trouble with it and how you get through it. Every problem has a beginning. Every problem has an end. We talked about coping with this virus. Follow your faith. Refuse to be controlled by your fear. Now, let's talk about the opportunity this virus presents to us, and it does present an opportunity. A. I want you to rededicate your life to God. This is an opportunity for all of us to rededicate our lives. This is an opportunity for the prodigal sons and daughters to come home. This is an opportunity for people that have been serving God when it's convenient to start serving God every day when it's convenient and when it's not. We need to rededicate our lives to him. B, I want you to reprioritize your lives, your living. This is a time for us to get serious with life and ask the question, what is truly important to me? God, myself, keeping care of myself, my family, the church. We have to reprioritize our lives. This is a great opportunity to do it. C, you need to understand this is an opportunity for us to model true Christianity and the true ecclesia or the church. Now, we use the word ecclesia because it reminds us that the ecclesia or the church is heaven's congress on planet earth to legislate kingdom business. And we're here right now to advance the kingdom of God, to legislate kingdom business on planet earth, right in the middle of this storm of the, the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19. We're here right now to advance the kingdom of God during this very difficult time. This is the opportunity that we have to model true Christianity and to show the world what the church really looks like. And then D, as we're talking about opportunity, revival in the church. I just believe this is an opportunity for revival to hit the church that creates a spiritual awakening within our nations that causes a great harvest 
of souls. Right now, the church should be praying for revival, revival in the house and our hearts that will spark a spiritual awakening out in the streets of our nations that will allow us to cast a net and to reap a great harvest of souls. And then E, the opportunity is to fulfill the great commission through the internet and through missions. One of the things that I've noticed during this time of the coronavirus and how it's driven the church and people to uh, social media and the internet, I've noticed that people are getting connected that were never connected before. And I've noticed how the gospel is going out there further and bigger than it ever did before. Something is happening that we didn't have before this. I believe there are more people hearing the gospel right now than there were before. So this is a great opportunity for us to fulfill the great commission that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 24 and the days of sorrow and the great tribulation. He talked about the gospel being preached in all the world and then the end would come. This is the opportunity. The coronavirus is presenting us to preach the gospel around the world through the internet, through live streaming. So the coronavirus could be the single greatest opportunity for world evangelism thus far in my lifetime. The greatest opportunity. Psalms chapter nine and verse 17 reads, the wicked go down to the realm of the dead all the nations that forget God. The wicked go to the very realm of the dead and all the nations that forget God. Wow. Just the other day, I was watching the news and I saw a video, a picture of, of nurses on the rooftop of a hospital as they knelt down together and they formed a circle and they began to pray before they went on duty. They were praying for themselves, their families, and all the patients that they would be caring for. Time and time again, I see it on, on the news of, of how that nations, presidents, and leaders are starting to pray and ask for people to pray. I'm beginning to see it on very liberal uh, news outlets, how that they're beginning to acknowledge God and they're beginning to request prayer and they're beginning to call the nation to pray and people to trust in God. I'm seeing something, something happening right now and it's all happening because of the coronavirus. You see, standing on the edge of death, as mentioned in Psalms 9, 17, standing on the edge of death, perhaps the nation's are starting to remember, to remember God. Matthew 8, 26 reads, but Jesus reprimanded them. He said, why are you gripped with fear? And where is your faith? Then he stood up and rebuked the storm and said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. This is the story of Jesus and the disciples as they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and the storm came up, and they were gripped with fear, and, and he stood up and said, well, where's your faith at? You see, fear often becomes a pathway to faith. When a coronavirus hits a nation and fear grips the heart of people, oftentimes people will turn back to God.
So let us hold our heads high. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things, lift up your heads, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. During this time of great fear that can be a pathway to faith, let us stand up as the church and lift up our heads. Let us lift up our heads so we can see clearly, clearly the redemption that's coming. Let us see clearly to draw the world into the redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your heads and see the redemption that's drawing nigh. Lift up your heads, church, and see what God wants to do in the coronavirus. He wants to bring a revival, a spiritual awakening, a great harvest of souls. Lift up your head. Don't crouch down in fear and depression. Don't lose hope. Stand up. Lift up your heads so you can see what God's trying to do. And what God is trying to do is to bring a revival, a spiritual awakening, and a harvest of souls. Stand up, he said. Lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. In closing, I just want you to realize Today's takeaway, three responses to the coronavirus that we're in right now. Number one, be a stabilizing force in a troubled world. Number two, remain faith-filled, not only faithful, but faith-filled in the face of chaos. And then number three, hold your head up so you can see the redemption of God coming, so you can see God's plan, so you can see what God wants to do during this time of the coronavirus. I want to leave you with some parting thoughts. I want to talk to you for just a minute about the unexpected hour, because in Matthew 24 and verse 44, Jesus said, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. When will Christ return? People ask that question. When will Christ return? What will, when will be the, the year, the month, the day? I, people are always trying to figure out in eschatology the, the second coming of Christ. I can tell you exactly when Christ is going to return. It's in the unexpected hour. So, I have to ask you the question, are you ready? Are you ready for the days of sorrow and the things that you will see coming upon the earth? Jesus said that men's hearts would begin to fail them for fear of seeing all these things that should not be with us as Christians. We should be that stabilizing force, that have that calming effect. We should be people with our heads up, not down. We should be people that are looking for the second coming of Christ and we're pointing men to him and to the cross. So I'm asking you, are you ready for all these events that are coming upon the earth? Are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Now, as I mentioned in the beginning, the disciples concerned themselves with a timeline. When will this happen? When will this happen? When will this happen? But Jesus concerned himself with their response to the events and their readiness for his second coming. 
So today, what concerns me as a pastor is that many people are living in the danger of delay, putting off salvation, putting off getting serious with God, putting off involvement in the church and the kingdom of God, putting things off until tomorrow. You need to be careful because one day you're gonna run out of tomorrows. The Bible makes it very clear that Christ will come, whether it's through death or his second coming. He will come for you in the unexpected hour. Are you ready? The days of serving God, when and how it's convenient, has come to an end. That's over. When it's convenient, how it's convenient, I'll serve God. Those days are over. We're living in the days of sorrow. And you have to ask the question, are you ready? I want to encourage every sinner that's watching me to give your heart to God and become a saint. I want to encourage every prodigal son, every backslider to return home. And I want to, I want to encourage every Christian that serves God out of convenience to get serious and make your heart right with God. And let's get involved in the kingdom here and now the coronavirus, and how the church responds. I hope this has helped you today. I hope it's encouraged you. I want you to leave here today with your faith high, that you're gonna be a stabilizing force, have a calming effect, and most of all, hold up your head and see clearly what God is wanting to do in these days. God bless you until next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Ford Park, parking lot, 10 a.m., drive-in service. It's gonna be a great time of celebration as we come back together as a church and as a community. Until then, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.